Okay, we begin today the Gemara Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach, the last daf of Masech Nazir, daf Samech Vav. We begin the last two words on the bottom of daf Samech Hayyamid Be'ez. Quotes what it said in the Mishnah, Oinsai Usfeikai. The Mishnah was speaking about a Zav, and the Zav is a person that had either two discharges, that he becomes then a Zav that has to wait seven days to be metired himself, or if he has a third discharge, then he has to wait seven days and actually bring Karbonus to be metired himself. So the Mishnah said, by the second Re'iya, second time he sees this, so then, only if it came mipsodai, from his flesh, from his body, without anything else externally causing it, will it be tummy. But when it comes to the third time, because it happened already twice, the third time we don't have to uh, examine to see if there's anything external that caused it. The third time, it'll be tummy anyways. That's what the Mishnah said, whether it's einsai, whether it was an einis, then the Mishnah added, whether Sveikoi, even if it was a situation of a doubt, either way, he'll be Tomei. So regarding this Lashon that it says Sveikoi, that even if it's a Suffolk, he'll be Tomei as well. So the Mishnah, the now will explain what exactly the Suffolk that the Mishnah was saying, what is it speaking about? So Omar Rav, says in this, Loi do not say the Pshat in the Mishnah is the way it would seem. Suffolk Chaza, Suffolk Loi Chaza that the situation here is that he saw once, twice, that, that we know, but now when it comes to the third time, there's a suffix, did he have a third discharge or not? So, and then we'll say that even in a situation of a suffix, we'll consider that he did have a third discharge and he is tummy. Can't say that, because if it's a, if it's a suffix, then he's not going to be tummy for, the, for this third time. Elo, rather, vadai choza. What the Mishnah is speaking about is definitely this person did have a third time that he saw. Now, what's the question here? So here the Gemara is going to bring up a concept here. We'll be in a gay here for the rest of this Ahmed, basically. When a person sees this discharge, the Mishnah here is speaking about a Zav. But there's also a Shikhva Zera, which is very similar, but it's not the same thing. Shikhva Zera and Ziva are two different discharges that... One has a halacha of a zav, where he becomes tommy like a zav, and he'll have to bring karbanis. If he sees three times, shikhva zera is what's usually known as a keri, which makes a person tommy, he goes to the mikveh, but it's not the same discharge as a ziva. So if you hear the Gemara says, what happened is, this person had a discharge. But what the suffix is, suffix machmas shikhva zera, the suffix is, the discharge that he discovers is this not just ziva, but it's also shikhva zera. When the Gemara here says shikhva zera, what it means is that maybe together with the ziva that he sees, there's also shikhva zera, or suffix machmas ri'ia, or maybe this was a third ri'ia of just ziva without shikhva zera in it. Okay, so that's the suffix. Now, what's the, the relevance of this suffix? If the third time he has this discharge, whether it's ziva or together with the ziva, there's also a discharge of shikhva zera. The relevance for this is that if a person has a third discharge of ziva, so then even if he was in the middle of counting seven clean days, he gets, let's say, to number five, he's going to have to recount all, seven, all five days to have full clean seven days. But if he has a discharge of ziva together with shikhva zera, then the halacha is that you just have to wait until at night and be metar yourself, and then you can continue counting. You don't have to recount the whole thing. So that's the shail over here. What kind of a discharge did this person have? That's the suffix. So on that we say, kivin shenizkak lutuma, since this person already became tummy, meaning he already had two discharges of ziva, sveikai tummy. So we're going to say that the third discharge as well, 
he is Tameh and there was a discharge of Ziva alone, not together with Sheikh Vazera. If it was mixed together with Sheikh Vazera, so then it doesn't have the full halacha of Tumeh of Ziva. But if we see that the, the Ziva and Sheikh Vazera, and it's not clear, was the, was the discharge of Ziva together with Sheikh Vazera or was, it, was there a discharge of Ziva alone? So since he already had before two discharges of Ziva, so we say that this is considered to be a Ziva and therefore will be Tomei for a third discharge of Ziva. If it was in the middle of the clean days, he's going to have to recount all those days and he's going to have to bring a carbon at the end. That's the kind of suffix that the Mishnah was talking about. Okay, so keep this point in mind. There's two different kinds of discharges, Shechva Zera and Ziva. It's here for the Hemshech of the Gemara. The next thing it said in the Mishnah, this individual, after he saw a re'iyah of Ziva twice, then he sees another re'iyah of Shechva Zara, this Shechva Zara will be metame. It's not clear in the Mishnah exactly what it means by saying, what's the Chilisha, what is telling you that the Shechva Zara is metame? Says the Gemara, Lamai. What's the relevance of what the Mishnah is saying that the Shechva Zara is metame? If you're going to learn the meaning of the words of the Mishnah in the literal sense, that it's telling you that someone that touches Shechva Zara, that itself touching it is metamiyu. Says the Gemara, that's not a Chiddush. Why should this be any different than any Shechva Zara that comes from any person, whether he was Tommy before as a Zav or whether he was Tar before? That's always the halach of Shechva Zara. Anyone that touches it says, in the Psukim, that if you touch Shechva Zara, you become Tommy. So what's the Chiddush here that the Mishnah says? Shechva Zara is, is Tameyah. Elo, says the Gemara, there is an additional Chiddush here. That Zara shall zav, that there's two different types of Shikhva Zara. There's the Shikhva Zara that came from a tire person and the Shikhva Zara that comes from a Zav. What's the difference? Zara shall zav metame bemasa. You'll also become tame not only if you touched it, but even if you carried it without touching it. In other words, usually Shikhva Zara is not metama person unless you touch it. But the Shikhva Zara that comes from a Zav that was already Tommy before. That has a higher level of Tumah and it'll be metamah the person even if he just carried it. And that's what the Mishnah is saying here. Says the Gemara. Now, let's see if this fits with what our Mishnah says. Man shamit Where's the source for this? Where's the source for, for this stringency that once a person has this discharge of Sheikh Zara after he was already a Zav, so it has a higher level of Tumah, that it's metame even if you carry it, where, where do we see this? If you're going to say, hi Tane, that it's the following Tane here in the Braise, the Tanya, the Braise tells us, Rabbi Yezer says, the Sheikh Zara that comes from a person, even if he was already a Zav before, there is no additional stringency that it'll be metame you just by carrying it. The halach of Sheikh Zara always remains that it's only metame if you touch it but not Masa. Okay, so that's the first opinion, which is obviously not like what we wanted to say now. But for Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says, b'masa, the Shechva Zera of Azov will be metame, a person that even carries it, even without touching it. And he says, the reason is, ziva. since this person had another discharge before, or another two discharges before, of Ziva, so therefore, now that he has a discharge of Shechva Zera, it's impossible that there shouldn't be any remnants, any part of Ziva that's mixed together with the discharge of Shechva Zera. And therefore, when he's going to pick up this Shechva Zera, we know that there's Ziva in it, and the, the, the discharge of Ziva is metama a person, not only if you touch it, but also if you carry it. And that's the reason why 
the shechvazera that comes after ziva will be metame also b'masa. So what the Gemara says, you would think that Rabbi Shua would be the Tana of our Mishnah. That's what our Mishnah was coming to be, Mechadish, when it said, Shikhvaz Zarei Tmeya, that it'll be Tomei like Ziva, even if you carry it. But the Gemara says, no, that's not what our Mishnah is saying. Why not? Because I feel that Rabbi Shua Loyomad, Elamishum Sikhtsuchhe Ziva. What did Rabbi Shua say? Rabbi Shua said, Shikhvaz Zara itself is never Metame just by carrying it. The only reason it's metame by carrying it is because there's leftovers, there's remnants of ziva that's there inside the shechvazera. I will be in a light, but shechvazera itself is never metame if you just carry it, whether you were a zav before, or whether not. Now that doesn't fit with what it said in our Mishnah because the lashon of our Mishnah was shechvaz zera is metame. It's mashma that the shechvaz zera itself is metame just by carrying it, even without the tzichtsuchei ziva, even without the parts of ziva that are in it. So who, who would our Mishnah go according to? So therefore the Gemara now offers a different shot in this, that when it said in the Mishnah, it's coming to say a completely, completely different point, not this idea that we just were trying to say, that the Shikh Zara is metame b'masa. So Elo Amar Avada Baraveh, Avada Baraveh says, what this comes to say is, she'ein toilen ba, that we're not going to say that the ziva that a person sees came in connection to the Shekhvazera that he saw before. What is this halacha? So the Gemara will soon quote the Mishnah that says, similar to what we said in our Mishnah, that when it comes to Ziva, Ziva is only metame when there is no other external thing that causes the Ziva. It has to be a Ziva that comes on its own naturally from the person when there's no anus, nothing else caused it. There's another halacha that, that the Mishnah says that if a person sees Ziva after he had a discharge of a keri, which is the shechvazera. So then the ziva is not considered to be a ziva that's metam of the person. Okay, it's learned out actually from uh, from a pasuk. One will soon say. Again, the point is ziva that comes after shechvazera is not metame. Okay, but now the thing is though, what happens if this person was already established as a zav before? He had one discharge as a zav, second discharge as a zav, and then afterwards there was a discharge of shechvazera. And then came the third ziva. Now the question is, when the ziva comes at the end, do I say that I look back at what this person saw before, and therefore since he was already established as a zav before, so therefore the final discharge of ziva will be metamim as a zav, okay, because he was already a zav from before. Or do I say no, because in between there was a, a discharge of shikhva zera, which is something different, so now I say that the final discharge of ziva comes as a result or comes in connection to this shikhva zera, and it doesn't connect to the other two re'is that he had before as a zav. So what our Mishnah here is saying when it says shikhva zara tmeya is that ain't toilumba, that we're not going to say that because he had this discharge of shikhva zara in between, that the final discharge of ziva is connected to that. That No, but it's, it's not connected to that. Because he was already established before as a zav, the final discharge of ziva will be connected to this that he's a zav, and not to this that he, that he had a discharge of shikhva zara in between. So now the Gemara says, Sovet Rav Pope, Kamei, the Rav Rav Pope, when he was analyzing this halacha here in front of Rava. So he thought to explain that the reason and the explanation for this is 
Usually, the reason why we say, if a person sees a discharge of ziva, after he saw before a discharge of Sheikh Vazera, the reason why the ziva is not going to be metamahim is similar to the concept of oinus. Just like when a person has something external that causes ziva, so the ziva is not metamayu, has to come ipsodoi without any external cause. The same thing also when there's a discharge of ziva that comes after the discharge of shikh vazera, the shikh vazera that comes out of the person's body causes a certain weakness. And because it causes a weakness, then he sees the discharge of ziva, we say it's a result of a certain weakness. It's not, uh, it's not mipsodoi. So therefore, what's our Papa trying to say? That's all true if a person saw Ziva after Sheikh Fazera. That's it. But if he was already established before as a Zav, even before he saw this Sheikh Fazera, so then I'm going to say that the Ziva that he saw at the end is related to that discharge of Ziva before. And the Sheikh Fazera in between is not, a, is not an indication that the final Ri'iyah of Ziva is related to this Sheikh Fazera. That was the Svara, the way that Papa explained the, the Halach of our Mishnah. But on this, Rav asked them, Amalei Rav, so Rav asked him the question, that can't be the Pshat, because Vatanan, we learned in the Mishnah Mesech Zavim, that explains this Indian, and there it says, Gershon is Gaya. A Ger, he just became a Ger right now. Now, there's an ad over here into this Lashon of the Mishnah, Ger Shero Keri Vinis Gaya. We're talking about a Ger. Before he became a Ger, he had a discharge of Keri, of Sheikh Vazera. And then he became a Ger. And then after he becomes a ger, he has a discharge of ziva. So he becomes right away a zav. Even though there's the rule that if you see ziva after Sheikh Vazera, you do not become Tommy with the ziva. But nevertheless, by a ger, because the Sheikh Vazera that he saw before he was a ger, and now he sees ziva after he becomes a ger, so these two are not connected. Now, the question is, why are they not connected? Omalei, or actually the Taisus over here is not greatest in the Gemara. Omalei, Taisus is greatest in the Gemara. Ve'amai. This is Rave. This is Rave, middle of Rave explaining what his question from that Mishnah is. Amai. Why, now, why do I say that by a ger, that, that there's a difference? He saw the Sheikh Vazara before he became a ger, and now he's seeing the Ziva after he became a ger. Why is there any difference? If you're telling me that the point of here is that if you, if you see a, a ziva after Sheikh Vazera, the reason the ziva is not metame is because it seems like that this whole ziva is just caused by a weakness. And which weakness? The weakness that you saw Sheikh Vazera before, for sure we should apply that by a ger as well, even though you saw the Sheikh Vazera before. Because a tremendous weakness this person has there, not only the fact that he saw the Sheikh Vazera before, but also the fact that he just became a ger and he just accepted all the mitzvahs upon himself, that itself could be something that's overwhelming for the person that caused this re'i of ziva. So for sure I should say over here that the person should not become Tommy with a ziva. So what's Rav trying to prove from here? What Rav is trying to prove is this concept that if you see ziva after Sheikh Vazera, that the ziva is not metamayu is not because of the svara that Rav Papa said. It's not because that there's this external cause that the person became weak and therefore the ziva is not metamayu. It's not that. It's a gzaydas akasav. It's based on a pasik. The Gemara will soon bring the pasik. And uh, or actually, the Gemara here does not bring the pasuk. The Gemara brings psukim for something else. But it's learned from psukim, which the Gemara does not quote over here, and it's not based on any svara. So therefore, this pshat that Rav Adavar Ava wanted to say does not really fit in Tara Mishnah over here. Why? Because if you're going to tell me that it's exodus Hakosov, that once the ziva comes after Shechvazera, the ziva is not metame. It doesn't matter if this person was previously established as a Zav 
or he was not previously established as a Zav. What does it make a difference? If you're going to say that when the, Z, the, the Ziva comes after Shechvazera, so because it shows in a certain weakness, so therefore the Ziva is not going to be metame, so then I could say, well, it depends if this person was already established before as a Zav or not. In our Mishnah, because he was already established before as a Zav, so the Shechvazera is not going to take away his status of Ziva to become Tome when he sees that final Ri'i of Ziva. But if it's not based on a Svara, if it's just a Gzeris Akasov, that any time Ziva comes after Shechvazera, it's not Metameyu, so then why over here would the Mishnah say that it is Metame? So therefore, Rave goes back to the previous Pshat that the Gemara wanted to say. Elo says the Rave Tanoihi, the previous Pshat that we said is actually a Machlekes Tanoim. What was the previous Pshat the Gemara wanted to say? That when it comes to the Tumah of Shechvazera, there are two different types of Tumahs of Shechvazera. Shechvazera of a regular person is only metame if you touch it, b'maga, and the Shechvazera of a Zav is metame even b'masa, even if you carry it. What was the problem? The Gemara asked before the question that we don't find any Tanoim that say such a thing. The Shechvazera itself is never metame b'masa. So Rabbanah says, actually we do. It's a machloikis tanoim. And in another b'raisa we find that there's tanoim that say that Shechvazera is metame b'masa after you saw the re'i of Zav. Tanya's we learned in the Braise, Zera Shal Zav. So the Shikva Zera that comes from a Zav, Metame Bemasa. It's more stringent than the regular Shikva Zera of a tar person, and it will be Metame even if you just carry it. How long? How long after the, Ziv, after, the, the after he saw the discharge of Shikva Zera? Call me Ace Le Ace. If it's within the same 24 hour period of when he saw the discharge of Shikva Zera. Rabbi Yaisi says, not the full 24-hour period, but it has to be in the same day. Okay, so here, the point is that both of these Tanoim here say that the Shikhva Zera that a person sees after Ziva is, has a higher level of Tumah, it's Metame B'masa, and that's what the Mishnah meant when it said, Shikhva Zara Itmeya. Now the Gemara here explains the Machlaikis, what is it based on in the Psukim? B'mai kamifligi. What's the basis of their machlaikis? But the Shmuel, they're arguing regarding what Shmuel brought up. The Shmuel Rami, Shmuel asked regarding the meaning of this Pasik, Ksiv, and what it says in the Pasik, Kiyye b'cha ish ashaloyye tar. If you have a person will not will be will not be tar. Mikre Laila. And there was a Mikre Laila. Now Mikre Laila is a re'iyah of a keri, of Shikhvazera. So the, the question on this Pasik is two things. First of all, why does the Pasik first start off? And then it says, Why didn't the Pasuk just say, That a person saw at night, you saw a re'iyah. That's why, why does it say first, Another question on the Pasuk is, why does it say, That's also extra. Mikre doesn't make a difference when the re'iyah of Shechvazera was, whether it's by night or by day. So the way we touch this Pasuk is, when it says in the Pasuk, What does that mean? That means that this person was already not tired before this. He already saw a Zav. He became a Zav before he saw now this Keri, which is Sheikh Vazera. So the Pasik says, Ish And then following that, Mikre Layla. He also saw a Re'iyah of Sheikh Vazera. That's one Pasik. Now, Ksiv, in another Pasik it says, Lifnois Erev Yichatz Bamayim, which is a. Uh, in the different, uh, in the next pasuk there, that in the evening he he uh, it goes into the water. So when it says here lefnois erev, what does it mean lefnois erev? So the Gemara understands that lefnois erev means until the whole entire day is over, 
Lufnais means when Pono, when the whole day ends, and the whole day ends means actually the whole 24-hour period. Okay. So now what's, what's, the, what's the difference between these two psukim? If you look, so basically what you see in these two psukim is we're talking about this individual that was first a Zav, that's what Loyiatar means, and then Mikre Loyla, and then afterwards he became a Balkari, there's a Tumach Sheikh Bazara. So this is the Pasuk, which is the source for this concept, that when the Sheikh Bazara that comes after Ziva, it has a bigger Chumrah. There's a bigger Tumrah that's affected by the Ziva. But the question is though, how, for how long, how long after does the Sheikh Bazara have that effect? Does the, the, yeah, the Sheikh Bazara that came after the Ziva have that higher stringency of Tumrah? So, Namando, Mame Eisleis, the opinion that says that it's a, that within the 24-hour period, it'll have that additional Tumah, Dayek Malifnei Serev. He's Medayek from the Pasuk, Lifnois Erev. Lifnois Erev is mashma that it goes on the whole 24-hour period. Lifnois, when the whole day ends, all the way to the next evening. So therefore, if you see a Shechva within the 24-hour period after Ziva, so then it has that stringency. Ve'idoch, but the other opinion, uh, which, which was... Um, uh, the Tanaka, uh, Rav Yaisi actually, Rav Yaisi said, Yaimai Dayik Mikre Loyla. Mikre Loyla means just that night that the Keri, the Sheikh Bazara, that he saw after the Ziva, only for that night he's going to be, have a higher level of Tumah, but not more than that. Says the Gemara, okay, so we have these two Psukim here, Oman the Amam Lufnais Erev, the opinion that says we learn out from Lufnais Erev, Hoksev Mikre Loyla, but there's another Psukim that says Mikre Loyla, which is Mashma, only that night and not the whole 24 hour period. Omalais, Holansiu, Urche, the Keri, Lamasia, Balelia. Pasik says the term Mikri Laila, not to learn out this halacha, that it's only that night, but it's just uh, what Pasik is using this term because that's what commonly happens, that a Keri happens by night, the Sviya happens by night. And the other opinion, the Gemara here doesn't explain it, but the Rosh explains, the other opinion that doesn't learn it out from Lifnois Erev, simple shot of that Pasik, Vahoya Lifnois Erev, Yerchaz Bamayim, is just coming to say that you go to the mikveh and then you have to wait until sundown in order to be tired. It's not coming to say this halacha of the 24 hour period. Okay, so that's the source of this Machlaikis. Okay, let's continue with the final mission of the Mesechte. The Gemara finishes off with the halacha of Naziris that there was by Shmuel and by Shimshin. So Shmuel was a Nazir. This is like this is the opinion of Rab Noiroi, and he learned it out from this that it says, that when Shmuel is born, it says that Maira should not go onto his head. This is the nether that his mother made. Chana made a nether about her son that Maira Layala there'll be no Maira going onto his head. What does that mean? So the way we learn, what's this Maira? So Namar b'shimshin. By Shimshin it also says, Umayra, v'namar b'shmul Umayra. So that we learn them out from each other. Ma Maira ha'amura b'shimshin nazir. The Maira that it says by Shimshin refers to Naziris. It means that no razor will go on his head to shave the hair on his head, like a nazir that's not allowed to cut any hair. Af Maira ha'amura b'shmul nazir. So to the Maira that it says by Shmuel means that he was a nazir. Okay, so now both the Naziris of Shimshin and the Zidus of Shmuel is very unique. And the reason is because by Shmuel, as we see over here, this Pasuk, this is Chana, her, his mother speaking. It says there in the beginning of the Pasuk, she's making a nether and she's saying that my son will be a Nazir and his hair will not be cut with a razor. So the question that the Radak and all the Mepharsha mask is, how could a mother make a nether that the son should be a Nazir? We learned earlier in the Mesechte that there's a Halach that a father can make a son a Nazir, mm-hmm. not a mother. 
Another question is, she's making this nether before he's born even. You can't make, even a father can make a son a nether, that's only once he's born. But not, he's a davish before he's born, you can't make a child a nazar. So what does this mean? Similar by Shimshin, when Shimshin was a nazar, so over there in the Psukim by Shimshin, it also says that the Malach said that he should keep Naziris. The Malach is the one that, uh, is, no, there was no Naziris that we find that Shimshin himself actually accepted upon himself any Naziris. So how did both Shmuel and Shimshin become a nazar? That's the big question on this concept. Murder is a razor? Murder over here with Taishim is a razor, correct. That's the opinion of the Tanakhama here, which is Rav Nehiroi. Okay. Now, but now, the Gemara brings another opinion, or the Mishnah, that is. The Taish of Murder just means not to be afraid of another human being. That's all she's saying, that he won't be afraid for any human, of, of any human being. Amalei Rav Nehiroi, Rav Nehiroi responds to that, that can't be what it means by Shmuel, that he won't be afraid of any human being, because Vahalei Kfar the Pasuk says, Vayemi Shmuel, Hashem tells Shmuel to go to Shaul Melech and to, to tell him that he's not going to be a king anymore, so Shmuel says, Eich Eilech, how can I go? V'shoma Shmuel Vargenia, Shmuel will hear and he'll kill me. So we see that he was afraid from, from Shaul HaMelech, Shekvar Haya Olav Meirish, Shabbos so we clearly see that he was afraid of a human being. So that can't be the pshat. So therefore it has to be that it refers to this, that he was a nazir with the razor on his head. Okay, so keep in mind that question that I asked you before about the naziris of Shmuel and Shimshin. It's a very unusual naziris, how they became a nazir. Let's take the continuation of the Gemara here. The Gemara begins with a completely unrelated subject. And this same Gemara that we have over here is also in Masech de Brachis. Masech de Brachas, it actually fits in, because this next piece of Gemara is going to be speaking about the union of a bracha and answering Omin on the bracha. But it really seem, seemingly has no connection to the Mishnah. Again, Omelet Rav, Rav said, Grab an opportunity to make a bracha. In other words, if you have an opportunity to be the one by benching, for example, if you're going to be the one that's going to bench with the kais and say the bracha for everyone else to listen to you benching and everyone else just listens and answers amen and is yaitza with your bracha, you try to grab the opportunity to be the one that will actually say the bracha to bench. Rav said the same to his son Rabbi. You grab the opportunity and make the bracha. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Lememre, shall we say that both of these Amiraim held, the Mavarechata, that the one that says the bracha is greater than the ones that are listening and answering amen. How could that be? Vatanya, but in Abraisa it says, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, Godl, ha'ayna amen, yaisim and amavarech. The one that answers amen is greater than the one that makes the bracha. And also, v'amalei Rab Nuroi, and Rab Nuroi also said, ha'shamayim, I swear in, the, in, in heaven, so it's a lashon of a shvua, that kachu, this is the case, that the one that says amen is greater than the one that makes the bracha. And he gives the following analogy. Teida, shaharei, I'll prove this to you, shaharei, gulayrim, when you go out in war, so the Goliathim, which are the foot soldiers, the plain, simple, even weaker soldiers, they're the ones that go first out into the war. But then, but then when it comes to the conclusion of the battle, to defeat the enemy, so the, the mighty soldiers are the ones that go out and bring the victory. So it's the same thing also with the bracha. The one that says the bracha is the one that starts off. He's just the beginning. But who's the one that brings the actual victory? The one that says Amen and confirms the bracha. So therefore, we see that the Amen is greater. So why did Rav or Rav Hunas say to the children that you should grab an opportunity to bench and say the bracha? 
Says the Gemara, Tanoihi. This question of whether the bracha is, 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 more, is more important, is a greatest chos, or the Amen is a greatest chos, is a machlekes Tanoin. Because in Abraisa we learned, Tanya, Echad HaMavarech, Ve'echad Ha'ayna Amen B'mashma. Both the one that answers, uh, the, uh, says the bracha, and one that answers Amen, is included in the, in the, in the Pasuk. The, the Mepharash brings the Pasuk, Gadul Hashem Iti, so mm-hmm. it refers to the bracha, and then refers to Amen. So they're both included in the, in, in the Pasuk that we see that it's important to say the bracha, and it's important to answer Amen. But the one that makes the bracha first, he, or he actually gets the schar first. That's how the Mefarish explains it over here. And also the Taisus over here. Regarding that, that what, what these Tanoim in, in, in this Brice are saying is, or the Amiram that went according to the Tan of this Brice is, that the one that makes the Bracha first, he's the one that gets the Schar first. Okay, so here we see that you should rather take the opportunity to make the Bracha because you're going to get the Schar first. The Gemara concludes, Amar Abelaza, Amar Abchanina, Tamide Chachamim, Marbim Shalom Ba'ilam. Tamide Chachamim bring a lot of peace into the world. Shanema, as the Pasuk says, V'chalm Banayach, Limudei Hashem, V'rav Shalom Banayach, and there's abundance of peace to your children. And in Olam Esachtes, it concludes here, it does not say, the Bach adds it in, Altikre Banayach, Elabaynayach, as we say every day. So, Banayach means the builders of the world, which refers to the, uh, the Tamide Chachamim. Hadran Allah, Chakotem, before I say the Hadran here, just to, to share a word that the Rebbe said on the Hadran of the Masechta. So there's two Hadranim that uh, the Rebbe said in this Masechta, which are printed in Lakut Tzichis. One is in Chelik Yudches, Parshas Nosai, and the other is in Chelik Lamed Hay, Parshas Vayechi. Two beautiful, beautiful Hadranim on the Masechta. So on the Kudah Bekitzer of the Hadran that the Rebbe said in Parshas Nosai, there was that, what's the connection of the Gemara to the Mishnah? In the Mepharshim it says, the only connection is the names. The Mishnah brought Rab Nahirai and Rab Yaisi. And here, in this discussion regarding the Bracha and the Amen, is also between Rab Yaisi and Rab Nahirai. But in the content, there's absolutely no connection. But the Rebbe says, if you look deeper into the subject, you'll see that there is a connection. Why? Because just like regarding the Bracha and the Amen, what's the discussion over here? The Bracha is the one that seemingly is saying the whole thing. The whole content of, of everything is being said in the Bracha. The Amen is just confirming. He's just sort of saying, uh, Amen, what, what does Amen mean? Amen means he confirms, he says that it's true what the Bracha says. So simply you would think that the Bracha is much more important than the Amen. But nevertheless, the Gemara brings that it's not necessarily so. The Amen also has a very big Mila that the Bracha does not have. And even after the Gemara brings the opinion that says that you should go and grab the opportunity to say the Bracha first, it doesn't really say that the Bracha is more than the Amen. It says, Mubarech and Aina Amen is B'mashma, but the one that says the Bracha gets the Schar first. So there's a very big power to the Amen. So the Rebbe said that that's also the connection to the Naziris, because the way this Naziris worked was, when Chana made the nether that her son should be a Nazir, he didn't really become a Nazir. It was her nether that she took upon herself to treat her son like a Nazir. He's going to behave like a Nazir. In the Maise, in the action, he was behaving like a Nazir. The same with Shimshin. Shimshin, the Malach said he should be a Nazir, he began behaving like a Nazir from, from young age. But then afterwards, when Shimshin and Shmuel became bar mitzvah, they became a godl on their own, and they continued behaving like a nazir. The fact that they continued behaving like a nazir confirmed this original nether that the mother made that they behaved like a nazir. Now they actually became a nazir. 
even though they didn't accept upon themselves ever to be a Nazar, but just continuing to behave like a Nazar, confirmed that they accept upon themselves the Nazirus, and they actually become a Nazar Lemafreya. Therefore, we say even from the time of birth, they were already a Nazar. Once they behaved later as a Nazar, so Lemafreya, they were a Nazar from the beginning. So what does this show? This shows that even though they themselves did not make this original nether to be a Nazir, they didn't begin their behavior of Naziris, but nevertheless, when they confirmed and continued their Naziris later, it established them, establishes them to be a Nazir. Same thing also with a bracha and Amen. Even though the one that makes the bracha says the full content of, of the idea in the bracha, and the Amen is just answering and confirming, but nevertheless, when you confirm it, that confirms it and gives the strength to the whole bracha, more than just the bracha itself. Mm. And so the Rebbe added to that that this is connected to the entire concept of Nazirus because what's the Chiddush of a Nazir? Chiddush of a Nazir is the Torah says <coughs> there are certain things that are Asr and there are certain things that are Mutter and you don't have to come and add to what it says in the Torah but a person takes what it says in the Torah and he, and he adds more because he wants to put a Siyag and he wants to do something from his own from below and he adds more to what the Torah says just to, to be Mechazik what it says in the Torah so you may think to yourself what the Nazir is doing is not so important. And, and not only that, sometimes the Gemara says that there's no reason to be a Nazir. It's enough what the Torah says. Why are you accepting upon yourself more than what the Torah says? But in certain situations, when it's a good thing and it's necessary for a person to be a Nazir, what the person does when he accepts Naziris on his own, it actually adds more than what the Torah itself says. And the Naziris is, is, is sanctifies a person and elevates the person more than what the Torah itself says. Similar to the Amen, just like the Amen elevates the Brache, so too the, the Anhage of, of Naziris elevates a person even more than the, uh, than the Brache, than, the, than the, what the Torah itself says. That's why the Gemara finishes off with this subject, because it's a conclusion for the entire concept of Naziris. Adran Allah Musakta Nazir, Adra Halon, Daitan Allah Musakta Nazir, Daitan Halon, Lights National, Lights National. Thank you. Okay, so with the whole Adran, this is one that you can look, look up the Sikh, it's Mayrik Gainis, it ever goes through there, a lot of different Pratim to explain every single detail in the conclusion of the Musakta. According to the conclusion of the Gemara, it comes out that they're equal. That's why it's Mashman the Gemara. The conclusion that they're equal, but the one that says Amen does not get the schar first. The one that says the bracha gets the schar first. But they're both equal. There's another sikha in Chayel Klamer Hay where the Rebbe discusses more this point. That, that, that the conclusion really is that they're both equal. If you look in Shulchan Arach, there's sort of a contradiction. In one place it says that the Mavarach is greater. In another place it says the one that says Amen is greater. But Correct. That's the first Brayse. The second says, So in the Lashon of the second Brayse, it's mashma that they're equal. Correct. Okay, so it's a machlek, it's a, a Right, but the Amiraim though, the Amiraim, which is Rav and Rav Hune, they told their children to do like the second Braise, that they should have the opportunity to say the Brache Davke. But it wasn't because the Brache is greater than the Ami, it's equal. Elamai, the Schar for the Brache comes first. So they wanted their children to have the Schar first. Mm-hmm. But Be'etzim, they're both equal. That's the, the conclusion of the Gemara here. Sure. Okay.